right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Breaks Radio. We have a special guest. It's your boy CEO Hayes here. Then we got my co-host as well. We got Johnny and Ralph in the building. What's going on, Johnny? What's happening, man? Uh, I'm excited for this interview, man. <laughs> we also got Ralph in the building. What's going on, Ralph? I have no words, man. I have no words right now, man. I'm too hyped right now. <laughs> so let, let's go ahead and introduce our guest, man. We got Mickey Fax in the building, man. And for anyone who doesn't, who isn't familiar with him, you definitely will be on the at the end of this. You got to go check out the, the achievement is something that I, I it stays on my phone. But we're, we're gonna talk about all that, Mickey. How how you doing, man? What's going on with you? Shaking. <laughs> good, man. How y'all doing, man? <laughs> we good, man. Doing good. We excited. So I gotta ask you, man, because it's right now. It's probably the biggest thing in the world right now. Avengers: Infinity War. We're gonna start it off like Ooh. this. What was your reaction when you left the theater from seeing this movie? Man, it took me like a good hour and a half of processing after I saw it to really realize what I had just witnessed. What, what was your initial reaction to it? Um. Okay. So my initial um, reaction to it is I was. Uh, I was more so disappointed um, because to me, I know that Black Panther, and this is a spoiler alert, like spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. If you've never seen it, you haven't seen the movie, turn this off. Um, (laughs) Black Panther and Spider-Man have movies coming up. So seeing them die, it didn't have an emotional toll on me. It was more like, boo, y'all killing people and going to bring them back to life because they have movies coming. Everything up until the point he snapped his fingers, I love. Like, I, I literally love everything. But once certain people started, oh, I, and I hated Tony not dying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so those two things are the only issues that I have with this particular uh, movie. I, I didn't like those particular characters dying because, again, they have movies coming up. Now, if they didn't have movies coming up and they died, I would have been happy. I'm going to keep it real. See, my, my feelings on that is this, is I think that they they flipped it because everyone who died in this movie, as far as like after the snap is coming back, and there's a, mm-hmm. there's a storyline in the comics, the Thanos Imperative, in which um, it's Star-Lord, Nova, and Drax, I believe, trap um, Thanos in the Cancerverse, and they, they're they like out of the comic books for like a year. And I think that's kind of what we're going to get. But with Tony and Iron Man, I think the end of the next Infinity War movie is going to be Tony and Iron Man. I'm sorry, uh, Cap and Iron Man getting trapped with Thanos in the quantum realm from Ant-Man. And that's how we're going to end. And everyone else is going to come back. But every kind of everyone who stayed alive at the end of this movie is gonna die in the next one. That's that's how I think it's gonna go. But I'm I'm not quite sure. They they flip everything on me on this one. So I my predictions are, sh- are trash right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, I can see the quantum realm happening. Um, I can see. Uh, I, I think Captain Marvel is going to replace Adam Warlock in terms of power power structure and level against Thanos because she's going to be in the movie as well. And um, I, I believe all of these guys and characters are coming back, but I did see something that Black Panther might still remain dead. And Ooh. that he, you know, when Black Panther 2 comes out, he's going to be the king of the dead. Um, I read something like that today. And also, I mean, Spider-Man, he has a movie coming out, like, in the saying it's minutes after Infinity War is over. So, um... 
I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just uh, a little disappointed in, in some of the people that died and didn't die. I really wanted Tony dead. Like that was one of the things that I just wanted to happen. Yeah, he needs but, to go, man. But I wanted I wanted Cap to die. Um, damn, that's interesting. I wasn't. I, I was cool with uh, Peter Parker and. T'Challa dying because I mean I know they're coming back. I'm interested to see how they're going to bring them back. Um, I actually thought the movie was flawless up until the fight scene in Wakanda. Now I'm sure everybody by now has seen Black Panther, so all of the like the planes and like all the extra shit they had in Black Panther. Where was that in Infinity War? Like the the battle seemed real useless like they could have um like was those chitauri warriors they could have easily got rid of all of them had they had the same amount of firepower they had in the black panther movie i'm just mad there was no rhinos man where the damn rhinos (laughs) exactly exactly like that's that was crazy i'm like come on wakanda has way more way more firepower than this this is unacceptable (laughs) other than that i I never thought about it that way yeah, like I, I think I, I don't think they I don't think they understood and realized how big Black Panther was either. So I think they just kind of played it safe and, and kind of kept it very small scale because um, they didn't know it was going to be that big of a deal. Uh, but we'll see when the DVD drops, uh, when Infinity War DVD drops, we'll be able to kind of tell what's going on. What the deleted scenes are, how they're gonna make that work, you know? Absolutely. Right. So, so I, gotta, I, have, I have a bigger question. What happened to Falcon? Did she die on the ship? Like, no. are we just getting Tessa Thompson out of here after one No, movie? no, I mean, <laughs> Thor, Thor dropped the line that he lost half the people. So I think Thanos did what he's but been doing and, and killed half, kept half the, half the ass guardians and killed the rest of them. So I think that that's where we're going with that. Um, at least that's yeah, where I hope. Pro- She's probably in the same place Korg is. Remember the big rock, the big rock guy that was yeah. funny and uh, yeah. rock. So I read, I read something that said the, the uh, that Valkyrie Korg, the the ant kind of guy, Meek and Meek, those three guys and half of Asgard got away on pods on that ship. They were pods and they got away. That makes sense. And Heimdall, Loki got killed, and then obviously Thor got beat up. I mean, Thor, yeah, Thor did get beat up, and uh, the Hulk got beat up. So that's basically Hulk it. got his ass worked. <laughs> <laughs> he got worked so bad, he didn't want to come back out the rest of the movie. Like, that was yeah. crazy. Yeah, so I, uh, Mickey, I gotta ask you this, man. So where does Thanos rank on your on your MCU villains, man? There's, there's a big thing going on on Twitter, Killmonger and, um, and Thanos... I think people are forgetting how good Loki was. I think uh, Hela is also getting a little undercut there. But who, who's your favorite villain out the MCU? I think it's still I think it's still Killmonger. Um, I think Thanos is a strong. He's a strong two. Okay. Um, I think he's a strong two. I, I think he had too much. He had too much emotion. Like yeah, you know, like yes. yeah. Killmonger cried when he saw his pops, but he wiped that shit away. And was like, man, this is life, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I felt like, I, and you know, I felt like Thanos was wincing too much. He was like, he was taking, I mean, he was getting his ass kicked, but he was wincing too much, and he he was crying a little too much. So I think Thanos, I think Killmonger was more ruthless 
with what he was doing. It didn't look like Thanos was really trying to kill somebody. I mean, he only killed Loki, Heimdall, and Vision. I mean, and Gamora, but uh, the Gamora thing was just too emotional. Like, there was no emotional scenes for Killmonger. Like, he just was ruthless. He's like, listen, I'm going to kill my girl. I just probably had sex with her, and she got to go. Dang. <laughs> and when he died, he was like, oh, good move. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was cool with it. Like, I'm going to die like a G, nigga. And it's like, I feel like, I don't know if Thanos had that in here. And um, your man, Killmonger, actually won. Like, he actually beat T'Challa. He was actually king. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I look at stuff like that. I feel like if Thanos would have killed Stark, if he would have killed Hulk, then we got a different scenario. You know what I mean? But snapping thing is not really I don't feel like that's killing them because they're going to come back to life so I feel in my it. opinion in my opinion I still got Killmonger at 1 I got Thanos at 1A or 2 <laughs> and then we got Vulture I got Vulture at 3 I don't feel like Loki is a Ooh. villain I think he was a, I think he, he you know Loki's in what 5 movies yeah he is, he's in he's in 5 movies he was a villain in like a movie and a half he wasn't a villain in the dark world and he wasn't a villain in uh, Ragnarok. So it's like, was he really a villain? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? He was an anti-hero in those two movies and then he tried to save his brother in, in Avengers. So it's like, I don't know. He was a villain for half of the movie at Thor. Like, he didn't turn devious until he found out he was a force giant. You know what I mean? Nah, I could, yeah, yeah, that's real. And the thing yeah. is, is that We've we only had Killmonger in one movie. If Killmonger had five movies like Loki. I don't think oh, people would even question like putting Loki above him. We just didn't get the, we didn't get as much time with him, right? But his, and even in the movie, we didn't get as much time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. So I mean that that's that's we had to talk about Infinity War. Hello. I'm CEO Hayes, host of The Awakened Soul. You may be asking, what is The Awakened Soul? Well, The Awakened Soul isn't your normal podcast. The Awakened Soul is an audio experience. And what we do over at The Awakened Soul, yeah, we talk about movies, music, TV, pop culture, politics, news. But we talk about how it directly affects and reflects our people in our culture. We like to talk about things in a way that's going to provoke thought and conversation. So yeah, come for the music, stay for the conversation, but more importantly, if you like listening to something that's going to make you think, if you like listening to content, it's going to make you really sit down and reflect on what's going on in, in our society, in our culture. Check out The Awakened Soul. I'll be there waiting on you. The Awakened Soul, the audio experience. talk about the thing that binds everything together and that's hip-hop that's rap we gotta get into it yeah. man and i gotta i gotta talk to you like so obviously you started off with the battle culture how was that different okay. how was that different than 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 producing albums than make than recording for your albums what was that what was that switch like from going from being in the battle scene to actually a full-length project well um i i, I make my projects pretty quickly um Creating the projects is more so about getting the verses done and then editing the verses to my liking. 
and then finding how to you know get the choruses as potent as possible for the record. Um, so that didn't really it didn't really take too long to kind of make happen. Um, but battling the stuff for daylight. Um, soon as I got the phone, soon as I got the phone call, I began writing for him. And, you know, it was like a two, three week process um, of just kind of writing and editing and making sure everything was top notch and, and reciting every day, about five, six times a day. Um, and then doing different reciting processes from, you know, the intoxicated recital process to speed reciting and then you know, the distraction reciting. So, you know, when Daylight was, like, trying to be uh, uh, a destructive, um, it didn't matter because I had already, you know, I had already, like, did my uh, distraction reciting with Chiller, like, the day before. Like, we turned the TV up, he was throwing things at me, and there was nothing that was going to stop that from happening. Um, So, I think... I mean, I, I was nervous about two weeks out. I was getting butterflies two weeks out as opposed to when I'm going to perform, I get nervous like a minute before I go on stage. Okay. This was like two weeks out because it was like, I don't know how the people are going to react to this material. It's brand new. Nobody's heard it. Um, and it wasn't a doubt on my skill. It was more so like, I hope the people appreciate what I'm about to give them. Um, but music is, a, is, I don't get nervous releasing music. I actually... I actually just put it out there and whoever accepts it, accepts it. And if you don't, it's okay. So I would just have to say, you know, battling is more of a, it takes a toll on you from an emotional standpoint because it, it really, um, it really stresses, it stresses you out, so to speak. Okay. I, I, I can, I can feel that. I understand that. that I, I can only imagine how that where where is on the mind to get ready for a battle. I, yeah, man. I, I getting ready to watch a battle, like as a spectator, getting ready to watch a battle. It's 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 a it's emotional, especially if you're invested in the two people battling. I can much less being on that stage, man. That that has to be amazing, right? Like, cause I remember me and Ralph, we went to see Verb battle Hitman, and just being in the being in the audience for that, it was like like I was nervous, and I I was just there to watch. Like it's crazy, so I could only imagine what it's like actually having to battle. And I didn't even think about like the type of preparation that you went through, like distraction preparation, you know, having it's like you said, having the TV up and having Chilla throw stuff at you. Like that's something I never would have thought about, like trying to prepare yourself for a battle. So much, man, much respect. Cause that battle was fire anyway. So much respect. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you got to consider you know, you, with daylight, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't know how to, the crowd was going to react to me laughing. Um, I didn't know if I was going to get booed. I didn't know anything. So, you know, having the distraction portion of the reciting lets me know that there's nothing that's going to stop me from getting these rounds out. That's one. Um, the intoxicated round, if you can recite your rounds drunk, you can recite them sober. And then, you know, I did a Bone Thugs and Harmony version of that, those rounds where I was just rapping as fast as possible. If you can rap them really, really fast, you can rap them at any tempo that you want and get it out the way you want. So those are the mm-hmm. two processes that I go through in order to, you know, recite. Right. Then, you know, after like, you know, those two solid, you know, you had great performances against uh, Danger Zone and Daylight. Um, are you expect like getting ready to jump in the ring against anybody else anytime soon or that's just, you know, whatever? Yeah. I mean, I was, um, I was considering, um, 
some battling this year. Um, I was supposed to battle Verb on a RBE card coming up, but um, I had to back out because um, I had a couple of tours coming up that uh, coincided with that release date that ARP had. So I had to back out, but you know, I, I am a half round done for that Verb match. It's just that I couldn't take it. It was, I was on tour when I, when I got the call and trying to write and recite while performing and driving and, you know, selling merch and talking to the, to the supporters. Um, and then coming home and trying to put together like three or four more projects. It just, it would have been a disservice to the fans. And, you know, that's one thing I don't want to, I don't ever want to take advantage of the culture. So when I saw and realized that I wouldn't be able to, um, satisfy those obligations, I, uh, gracefully bowed out from taking that match. Okay. I know. Do you have any idea who's, who Mook is battling? I just want to ask that because I know you, you're connected with, yeah. you know, Mook and RBE and all that. Can you at least give us like Absolutely. a hint? Like, I know you can't say it, but. <laughs> well, you know, somebody that called Mook out earlier in his career and there's somebody that I feel, um, people, I feel like he's a new era cat, but I feel like, I feel like everybody who knows the history of battle rap from 2009 until now will enjoy the matchup. It's not Surf. Um, and I think that's what everybody wanted, but it's not Surf. Um, it's not Hollow. Um, but it is somebody in that. It's in somebody in that realm. You know what I mean? So, All right. I think people are going to enjoy it. No, this is good. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think people are going to enjoy it. Oh. Oh. Somebody, somebody saying Murder Moo gonna battle Smack. I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So let's uh, so what's what's next down the pipeline for Mickey Fax? I mean, what you got cooking up that that not many people know about? I know you got to be working on something, man. Yeah, um, so I have a mixtape coming out. Um, it's called Rare Freestyles and Un- Unreleased Works Volume Two. That's really for my core fan base. That's coming out next month, well, this month, around like the 21st of May. Put that out. It's already done. And then I have an EP with um, 100 Bullets that's dropping in June. I have a video with Farrell Marsh that should be dropping towards the end of the month um, for Masterpiece, the remix. So that's coming out. Um, and then I also have uh, a mixtape titled I Said Joe that's coming out on my birthday, July 13th. Um, okay. which is all bars. And then um, I'm going on tour with Sally. We're going like 36 cities. And that's going to be in like August, September. And then I'm probably going to put a, a gospel EP that October, another mixtape in November. And then we just end the year out like that, bro. Damn. Damn. All, all music, man. That's what's <laughs> up. Uh, are you you and Sally, y'all coming to St. Louis? Yes, we're coming to St. Louis. Word up. We, we, we appreciate that. We, we, we appreciate that, Mickey, because like people just tend to like overlook St. Louis as a, like a concert venue. So a lot of mm-hmm. us have to travel for the music that we really want to, you know, enjoy live. It's unfortunate, man. Yeah, I usually come to, um, I usually go to St. Louis a lot. I performed there three times already, and it's been great. You know, I've done gramophone. I don't know if that's still up and running. Yeah, it is. Um, it is, but it's not a concert I, venue anymore. Oh man. Yeah, I it really just like turned into like a bar. It's yeah, it's trash. <laughs> right. 
uh, Mickey, let me ask you, man. You were a double XL freshman in 2009, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you were mm-hmm. in class with, I think, Wale, Asher Roth, uh, B.O.B., uh, guys like that. For you to still have relevancy, like right now, how does that feel for you? Like to still be um, around in the game? I mean, I'm I'm blessed to know that there are fans that still want to see me win and, and still come out to the shows and still purchase my music and, and my merchandise. Um, it's a blessing because there are a lot of guys that, that don't have that support. Um, obviously, I'm not on the level of my peers um, due to politics and certain scenarios and situations, but in any event, I'm still I'm still humbled that people still want to see me rock out, and even some big corporations that still want to align their brands with me, and even guys like you, you know, that want to interview me and and try to um, try to you know align your brand with mine to reach more followers. You know, it's it's all still humbling to me. I'm just happy that people have not let go of the Nikki Fox train because there are a lot of people. You know that have denounced me and and others, you know denounced others and others can't come back from that. You know, but this is all I have. This is all I know, and that's why I try to give 100% quality in everything I release because this is it's it's, it's do or die. You know what I'm saying? And I, I feel like I got another five years before I, I venture into something else that will be beneficial for me and my family. And so you talk you, you talk about how politics affected and and like what. For anyone who's who's thinking about getting into the games, as you've experienced that side, the darker side of of this industry, what would be what would be something, a, a words of advice, or anything you can give to someone to to kind of avoid the politics, and if they can at all, like it just seems like it's unavoidable to an extent. Well, you got to trust your gut. I mean, that's that's the that is the uh, you know sometimes when it comes to our art as artists, we let the art dictate everything and. And a lot of times, because some of us, we want to win so much, we bend over backwards to let that happen. And, and that's where the fault comes in. There were times that, you know, I had decisions to make in terms of my career and where I should go that I didn't take. And, you know, it, it was detrimental to the uh, the overall effect of where I should be. Um, and then there were things that were out of my circumstances and out of my hands that I could, you know, prevent, such as jive folding just when I'm about to go to radio with my Marsha and Brosha record. It was one of those things that I couldn't prevent. And, you know, that's politics. That's that's how the game goes. You got to take it on the chin and try to continue to create and provide for your fan base. Um, so I would just tell people, you know, you just got to continue to work no matter what, no matter what anybody says, you got to still keep fighting, still keep going. Because, you know, 2 chains didn't pop till he was like 38, 39. You know what I mean? And that gives me a little some, somewhat of hope that I could turn out a hit record within the next three, four years before I let it all go and, and get into teaching hip-hop. That's, that's kind of what I want to venture into afterwards because I feel like the youth and other disenfranchised people can learn a lot from the culture of hip-hop, especially the way it's been co-branded with every piece of media that you can consistently and constantly think of so yeah that's where i'm at with it right now so all right that's what's up um 
I, w- I want to ask you about your recent funk flex freestyle. Let me break it down a little more. Example, you got a best friend. Love him to death. You let him borrow money till his job cut him a check. When he get paid, you get paid. He ain't running from debt. So if he asks you again, he'll hear nothing but yes. And on a scale of one to ten, what's the number he get? A ten, right? I right, cool. Let's shuffle the deck. Example, you got a best friend. Love him to death. You let him borrow money till his job cut him a check. When he get paid, you don't get paid. He running from debt. If he asks you again, he'll get punched in the chest on a scale of one to ten what's the number he get a one right exactly what a regret his reputation is shot please muzzle the tech he did it to himself baby that's russian roulette bad credit is such a bad rep anything under 600 is like bad breath anything under 500 is like bad sex anything under 400 nigga that's death the higher the score the higher the goals you could take out a loan go and buy you a home walk out the dealership with a title to own you could even get a job if they hiring bro Your thirdly if you really in a hurry to debt they get your balance on your bill over 30 percent spending money you don't got is a worry and stress so leave it at 30 like the jersey that curry collect if you don't got it don't use it I know we like to shop and go stupid Let your conscience be your God Don't do it Hey, Go into your wallet for the dollars you accruing I know we sound impossible and foolish But think about it When a kid from the hood Get a visa in the mail Now the chicks think he good He get a little gear And now he think he could Now he can't get a crib Cause he put all the purchases on his card And never paid off shit Now he getting fired Laid off quick I know a bunch of cats that put bills in their little kid's name just so the lights stay on the bit. So when a child grows up, he's not a grown-up, rectifying with his mom and pop blown up. It's not known, but credit stays with you all of your life. But they don't teach you that, though. It's a marketing play, but I'm here. Please listen as I talk on the mic and be responsible. Don't get bought with a price. It's horrible, right? The feds probably call me tonight. Soon as I leave Flex Show, they gonna follow me right Which was fire, by the way. Uh, what was your Thank process you. in preparing for that like before you hit flex up on twitter did you already have the bars ready and the beat picked or did you like hit them up and then did you write them the night before and then go up there like what, what was your process in that man i had a i had written my flex freestyle in 2016 um when it wasn't the one that you guys heard um after black thought went up there in 2017 i decided that i wanted to rewrite it because i felt like it wasn't enough um the credit portion was something that was written in 2016, but I had, I had given the verse to Sway, but they never aired it. So once Flex hit me, I was like, okay, now I have to kind of combine this all together. Uh, so I had, I had about 40 bars, maybe six, maybe 50 to 60, pardon me, that the first half of that phrase that you heard was the 60 bars that I had wrote maybe in January. And then I had the, the credit rap. And then I had the second half of, the um the verse after the credit verse was the second half that I wrote in uh twenty sixteen and I just had to compile all of it which was pretty difficult to do. It's it's you know, to switch between three different raps in a day, uh in a day worth of uh, you know, uh I, I tweeted them and then like a day later I was like, Okay, I gotta do this, you know what I'm saying? So I had to put together these three raps in a day and have it seamlessly flow together. Um, it was an incredible feat. Um and, you know, I didn't write it the day before. I don't want that misconception to go out there. Um, I'm always ready, though. So, like, I have That's about so... 800 to 900 bars in my head, like, just randomly. Damn. So I, it, it didn't matter what would have happened. He would have gotten the bars regardless. I didn't. So I'm always strapped and ready for whatever. So it's, it's all good, you know? That's dope, man. Like, 
that's and I'm, I'm actually glad you put the credit portion in there like I, i'm an accountant by trade so like when i hear rappers talk finance talk especially to our people it's like i look i encourage it i love it i enjoy it i just hope people really grasp what you were really saying you know with the whole credit score and creditors and stuff like that so i really hope people grasp that so i i personally i really appreciated the whole freestyle especially the credit portion yeah i mean it's been it hasn't been doing the numbers that other freestyles have done um it'll probably hit a million probably in like another year or two but there have there have been people that have hit me so far that have been like you know people such as yourself who are who are accountants who are financial advisors who are ceos of major corporations that want me to come and speak and be keynote or be a keynote speaker or be you know an ambassador or something because of that freestyle and you know it's something that i tell a lot of younger guys it's not always about the views it's about who you're impacting if i can impact a hundred thousand people to change their life and change their credit around as opposed to two million people who will hear freestyle and just enjoy it over and over and over again i feel like i've done a better job with that hundred thousand than the two million because the opportunities that have come to my table and my attention off of this freestyle have been it's been incredible you know like you know dignitaries hitting me up like man what you did was risky and it took courage because i could have easily just went up there and just rap like everybody else and it would have just been like okay mickey can rap but i felt like this was necessary for our disenfranchised people that need to hear this type of knowledge that's not taught to us in any capacity and you know i, I wanted to make sure that that happened right but, that's what's up man but uh, with uh, taking yourself out the equation, Mickey, like what's the like maybe your top three uh, hot ninety-seven freestyles, like probably from the past few years, because everybody's been kind of going up there doing their thing. Um, Lux, Black Thought, and my song. Okay, me. I got my song on my workout mix. My song went in. <laughs> my, song, my song went in. <laughs> yeah, those are the three that I love the most. Okay, I got a I got a question for you, uh, Mickey, and that is like. To, to step back um kind of from the the funk for funk flex freestyle what's some of the most probably unexpected from from our listeners mu- musical inspirations that uh that that you have that inspire you when you make music or that just give you that extra umph when you go into record um john pp i'm a big gospel fan so john pp is like incredible to me um same with tone one of the greatest uh gospel singers of all time to me um, um, and then obviously, you know, the staples, you know, the Biggie, the Nas, Jay-Z, um, but even, you know, the newer guys, I, I love Drake. Um, I love what Big Sean does. I love 2 Chainz. Um, I love the Migos. Um, so it's just a variety, different variety. Sometimes I like to just venture into different genres, like electronic music and sometimes, you know, techno a little bit. I like to just, you know, listen to different sounds and, and see what I can be inspired by. So it's just a variety of everything, to be honest with you. That's what's up. That's what's up. So I, I just have to say this because I am a huge fan of yours. So the mixtape Y is like one of my favorite mm-hmm. mixtapes, like of all mm-hmm. time. And the very first song on that mixtape, Tired Arms, like I still play that to this day. I probably played it at least five times a week. Like I love that song so much. <laughs> Are you serious? I've been. Oh, I swear, I swear to God, like I'm not lying to you. Like, I, wow. I've been trying to hold in my excitement because I am a fan, but mm-hmm. I just, I just had to get that out. 
I, I love I love Ty. I love that whole mixtape, but Tyre Arms is my is my shit. Like no lie. Man, um I wrote that mixtape. I wanna say I wrote that mixtape in like a day or two. Um Damn. and I was just in the zone that day, man. I was just in the studio and I just kinda of, I just kinda of zoned out. And Tyre Arms, you know, I wanted that to I wanted to impress B Magic with that one. Uh, yeah. I did a good job with that because he, he even hit me and was like, oh, this is incredible. Um, so I want to say thank you, first and foremost. And, and secondly, um, the mixtape I said, yo, is my next series of like, why, why not, why three. So, okay. Cool. So, I'm definitely you know, be looking out for it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be all bars, you know, and, uh, the same, in the same format as why. So I'm excited for people to kind of get that. And hopefully I can, you know, recreate that moment of tying on to you. Um, probably, probably, gonna, I'm probably gonna do the best that I can to do that. Especially uh, one of the beats that I'm gonna use is probably gonna be "Show Me What You Got" by Jay Z. So I'm probably, uh, I'm probably lace that up with uh, like about 60 bars or maybe 45 of them will be bunches. We'll see. That's dope, man. Mm. How do you how do you go about selecting beats for those types of mixtapes? Is it just what you're feeling that day, or like do you have them already pre-picked and then write to them? Like how does that work? Yeah, I pre-pick them. A lot of times there's beats that I that I always wanted to rap over, and uh, sometimes it's, it's I like to get the obscure track and people wouldn't rap over. So there will be some obscure type stuff on the project. Um, it's, a, it's about ten songs deep. I don't know if you got Y3, the, the mixtape, but um, there will be an extended version of Pentagon. I'm adding an extra verse to Pentagon. Um, okay. So, you know, I think I think the people are going to love it because what I'm st- starting to see is people just love hearing me rap uh, more than anything. So I'm just going to feed them that because I feel like I'm a machine when it comes to it. So I'm going to give the people exactly what it is that they want. Okay. That's what's up. I'll definitely be looking out for it. <laughs> Now, uh, Mickey, uh, you being from the Bronx, is there anybody coming out the Bronx that we should be checking for? Um, a Boogie with the hoodie. I mean, that's the homie. Um, he's, he's one of those guys that is uh, taking over. And, um, you know, it's, you got to look out for him. Aside from that, you know, I haven't really been keeping my ear to the streets too much on that forefront. So, um, okay. I'm just been trying to focus on what I'm doing over on this side of town, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Alright. Alright, I mean, if that, that, I think that that's pretty much it, and so we we always end on this question, and so, besides you, because I, 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 I could definitely see you picking yourself, here, but besides you, if you had to pick anyone to deliver a hot 16, like your life depended on it, what artist would you be, would you pick? Um, hmm. Uh, oh man, that's a good question. I would <laughs> probably say, uh, that was I. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's an unexpected pick. I like that one. Dope, yeah. man. He's, he's super dope to me. That's what's up. Yeah. Well, Mickey, man, I would want to thank you for taking time. Like I said, I, I, I shot you a DM. You didn't know me from a can of paint on the wall, man. We really do appreciate you taking out time out your day to do this interview for our podcast. Um, for our listeners, tell them where they can find you and plug your social media. Um, so they can go ahead and follow you and check out what you got cooking. Absolutely, man. Go follow me on Instagram, M-I-C-K-E-Y dot F-A-C-T-Z and on Twitter, twitter.com backslash Mickey Facts and spell it. 
and on Facebook, facebook.com backslash official Mickey Facts. Alrighty. Well, everyone, you heard them. Definitely go check them out. Mickey, when, whenever you want to come, you are, you have a standing invitation to the Breaks Radio. Absolutely, man. Whenever you guys need me back, man, just hit me up, man. If my schedule permits, I'm here to assist. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate it, man. Though, thank you for real. That's love, man. We do. We definitely appreciate it. Okay, for sure. All right, man. one more announcement before we go the breaks radio will be having our very first live show it's going down july 21st in st louis the link is going to be in the description of this podcast again the breaks radio we're having our very first live show it's not going to be what normal podcasts do we're going to make it an event we're going to have performances music a dj and not to mention a dope after party celebrating ralph's birthday so definitely click the link Get your tickets. Tickets only $10. Only $10. Get your tickets. We'll be meeting in St. Louis. We'll see you there. I have OCD when it comes to uh, video games. And right now I'm addicted to God of War. Taking over my life. (laughs) So... It's crazy right now. So let me, cause I'm 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 in the God of War real big right now too. So when you after you first passed the uh, the serpent, the giant or whatever, how long did you spend going around on the lake looking for shit? Cause I got I got distracted for like an hour and a half just going around collecting stuff. Man, yesterday, I kid you not, I was in the lake for like six hours. <laughs> no lie, six hours, man. Man, yeah, I can't, I can't blame you. Like that game's addictive as hell. Like I didn't get to play none yesterday, and I sure before I went to sleep, I was like, I ain't play God of War none today, man. I need, to, I need to fix that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy because like the uh, the story, like I'm glad I can just kind of do the side mission because now going into the story mode, like I'm more powerful than I should be, and. I'm able to fight the bigger bosses pretty easily now. When I first did, I, I got it on hard. You know what I'm saying? And um, I first put it on God of War difficulty, and I started pulling my hair out. I couldn't do it. Um, so I started on, I, I have it on hard difficulty. And um, I love it, man. I can't lie. It's fun, man. Hell. I don't know how anybody can beat that on God of War difficulty because even the first couple of enemies that come in, they are, they regenerate their energy and they hit you like twice and you die. So I I can't imagine somebody playing on the hardest difficulty and just beating the game. It's impossible.